With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the program. Never a dull moment in the game of rugby league. That is absolutely clear. Across it all for the Sydney Morning Herald, the Chief Rugby League reporter, and, of course, covers all of the boxing for the Sydney Morning Herald. He's Adrian Prezenko. He is on the line. G'day, AP. Yes, hello, Jimmy. How are you? Uh, uh, mate, well, I'm well. You know, busy, but well, but <laughs> you feel, I got a sense you're very busy at the moment, AP. Yeah, all of my worlds are colliding. There's a lot going on in the rugby league world, and um, there's a bit going on in the boxing world as well. I was at the uh, footy fight night at Townsville last weekend, and I'm uh, heading up to the Gold Coast as we speak uh, to catch up with Kim Zhu ahead of his world title fight against Brian Mendoza. Wow. Okay, we'll get to that a little bit later on, but lots of news around today, most notably with Michael Maguire, uh, speculation around him being the new state of origin coach, the speculation that he's agreed in principle. What's the latest you're hearing about that? Yeah, Jimmy, it's beyond speculation. I can confirm he's got the gig. Uh, he will be the New South Wales origin coach, replacing Brad Fittler after six seasons at the helm. Um, you remember that when Brad Fittler was interviewed uh, the last time when he got the job that Michael Maguire was as well, and He's thrown his hat into the ring and he will be Brad Fittler's replacement. Um, and I think it's a good move. Like Clearly, his work with the, the Kiwi side shows that he can handle a short preparation. Um, he's still um, very much got his tentacles and, and finger on the pulse with club football with his role as an assistant to Ricky Stewart at Canberra. Um, and I think that you know he'll be able to juggle both those roles, both the Kiwis, and the New South Wales role, particularly now given that the New South Wales job, it's not a 12-month uh, job as it was when Brad Fittler last held it. It's a, it's a part-time job. The focus will be very much on the football program and putting the side together and preparing them. Uh, so it's a new era, and uh, Michael Maguire will be at the helm of it. Okay, interesting. Any uh, understanding around who might be part of the Michael Maguire ticket? There's, I've talked about a, a Laurie Daly uh, being involved, uh, Matty Johns, John Cartwright's name's popped up. Do you get any sense about who Michael Maguire might, might want on his team? I think that that's all being put together as we speak, and it right. will depend on the commitment to, of some of the people that you've mentioned. I have heard of a few of those names. Uh, uh, potentially uh, Laurie Daly, potentially Matty Johns, maybe even a, a Steve Price. Um, uh, so yes. I, look, I think he's going to have a, a very good team around him. Um, that's all being sort of finalised as we speak and the term and a, a few other things that they're just dotting I's and crossing T's. Um, but certainly um, he wants the job. They want him to do it. So I expect an official announcement at some point later in the day. And, and just to confirm, you think that it's feasible, We've already, I've already had my say on this, but feasible for him to do the New South Wales State of Origin job, the New Zealand international job, and be a senior NRL consultant at the Canberra Raiders? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think Wayne Bennett in the past has held, you know, three roles uh, at the same time. Uh, it's, it's not unprecedented. If it was a full-time job, Jimmy, the New South Wales job, I'd, I'd be reticent. But given that that's now um, a much smaller commitment, most of the um, Kiwi international commitments for him will be at the end of the year, so they won't clash. Um, and I think it's really important that he is plugged in with club football as well. I think that's a big advantage that we saw. Obviously, Ivan Cleary was lent on quite heavily on game day. Uh, Madge is obviously still at the coalface with what he does with Ricky and the Raiders. So, yeah, I, I don't see any conflict. I, I think it's, um, it's a, a good appointment. One-year deal seemed to be a sticking point for Brad Fittler. That is no problem for Michael Maguire? Again, Jimmy, that, that sort of level of detail I'm not across, that's all being worked out as we speak. Right. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's, he's clearly going to be comfortable with whatever tenure that they've, they've come to terms with. Okay, interesting, interesting uh, that they have moved like this. All right, let's get on to some of the other stories around in the world of rugby. What's going on with Alex Twile? He's in, he's out. Now the speculation, <laughs> courtesy of you by the Sydney Morning Herald, is he's, he's back in with the Tigers. He's back in, Jimmy. He's back. Um, Look, two and a half weeks ago, they said, um, Alex, you're welcome to explore your options, put the periscope up, see what's out there. There has been interest from several parties. The Bulldogs were one of them. There was some talk of a potential player swap with Sean Kepi at Manly. Uh, That's not happening. I understand that Sean Kepi's likely to go to South Sydney now. Um, And it's sort of funny, Jimmy. It's, It's almost like, Having seen all this interest in Alex Twal, I think the Tigers have realised that they actually have on their on their books a very capable front rower. Yeah. Um, and they've now gone back to the table. They've been negotiating with his management. My understanding is that they're talking about a deal of about three years extension, which will probably uh, <sighs> see him out to about 2027. So, you know, a few weeks ago he was gone and now he's probably going to finish a one-club man. So... Never a dull moment at the West Tigers. So, and, and that's the point about, and and this is what I don't know. Players have to be careful about it. But you've gone having one one year remaining on your contract at five twenty five, or having three years at four hundred. They're the numbers that that you've just quoted to us. And th- and that's the point that we make on this program a lot. Every player is worth having in your squad. It's just a matter of what price you get them at. And now the the yeah. Tigers are, are much more comfortable at that four hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, all right, what about Josh Adokar? Uh, got himself into trouble around social media. What's the latest with the Fox? Yeah, it's an unfortunate one, and it's a it's a trap and a lesson just to, to be very careful when posting about, particularly about the um, you know geopolitical issues that are very complex and are yes. very raw at the moment. Yes. Um, Josh Adokar did post something. Uh, he took it down, but... Um, not before it was picked up by several media outlets. He released a statement um, to myself yesterday and he profusely um, apologised and said that, you know, he he didn't mean any offence. He's obviously a proud Indigenous man and he made a a parallel that, um, by his own admission, um, wasn't a a particularly apt one, um, given what's happening at the moment. Um, so he has apologised. Uh, the NRL Integrity Unit, I don't think, are going to take any further action mm. at this point. Um, it's just uh, it, it's a time for, for Josh to probably keep his head down a little bit as well in that he was involved in an incident at the Koori knockout, which ultimately cost him a kangaroo's jersey. He, he's 
been banned for a couple of games. Um, he's about to submit his breach notice um, or respond to that breach notice as well. Um, and there's been a few rumblings that perhaps, you know, there are some at Canterbury that are not quite happy with, um, you know, some of the stuff that's been going on and off the field. So um, at his best, probably the best winger in the game, but probably over the next off-season, I, I suspect we'll be, uh, he'll be keeping a much higher profile, Jimmy. At his best, a great person to have around the club too. So uh, that's part of the attraction oh, of Josh Adokar. So uh, now I, I I went through your article yesterday around uh, Des Hasler and what's happening at Manly. Or Des, the plaintiff ha- Hasler, is how we were describing him on the program because he's he's done that a, a little bit. Um, I thought the interesting part in there was the implied uh, part of the contract that said basically. This is the football department. This is me. You, management, you you stay out of it. But what's the latest with Des and his seven or his second seven-figure payout? Yeah, so that's obviously I got a hold of the statement of claim yesterday, which lays out his version of events and what he'll be, be claiming when uh, if that does go and proceed to the Supreme Court. The interesting thing for me, Jimmy, is that the club, this is my reading of it, the club imposed some conditions on him at, um, after the whole wide jersey fiasco. I think it was October of that year, and they didn't expect him to accept them. So that's what, he's a micromanager. He's not going to you know, want to report to the board or do this or that or have Anthony Seabold sitting there in wait or all, all the things that they said that they required of him um, that weren't in his original contract. And as it turns out, he said, yep, I'll cop that. And his understanding and his lawyer's understanding is that that, that meant that he was employed for 2023, that they had agreed to a contract extension. And then seven days later, they terminated him. Um, and that's obviously his taken events. The big issue also was the, the, the pride jersey or the rainbow jersey or everyone in league or whatever you want to call it. But um, that, in relation to that, he said that that was club's insistence on doing that. The club says that he was insistent that they go ahead with that, so that will all be ventilated in court should that proceed, but these things often have a way of being resolved on the courtroom steps, and I'd be surprised if that's not the case again this time. Ooh, yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, you talked about Tim Zhu up against Brian Mendoza. He didn't want the rematch clause, did the American. The market suggesting at Top Sport that Tim Zhu almost prohibitive, dollar fourteen. What's uh, your latest as you head up to the Gold Coast? This is really interesting, Jimmy. I was at Tim Zhu's fight in Minneapolis against Karel Gachet at the Armory, which is famous for many things, for, for fights featuring Sugar Ray Robinson, for uh, Prince's 1999 film clip was there. So it was, it was a pretty cool experience to go there. So Tim Zhu beats Karel Gachet, and that was the headline act. Um, and after that, they have what they call a swing bout, which is basically they have a, a fight on standby, which is just in case... Uh, or there's early knockouts and you need to pad and, and fill the program, that gets slotted in somewhere. As it turns out, there weren't any early knockouts. And after Tim Zoo fought, there was a, a fight featuring a guy called Brian Mendoza. Wow. Given no chance against someone called Rosario, who's an absolute gun. Uh, and as it turns out, um, he knocks out Rosario and then he knocks out in his next fight, Fundora, who was previously unbeaten. And all of a sudden, this guy who was on the undercard um, is now on the main stage fighting Kim Zhu for his world title, which is 
an unbelievable story. And even more unbelievable is that as a young tyke, his father, who was a fight fan, used to take uh, little Brian along to, to fight nights or, or, you know, TV viewings or whatever, or fight parties where Kostya Zoo was fighting. Wow. Um, so his father was a massive fan of Kostya, and now his son is going to be fighting against him. It's just an extraordinary story. Is his father out with him for the event? That I don't know. I'll, right. I'll be able to tell you once I get up there, Jimmy. But there's sort of an, a, a bit of an Australian angle there too in that he's got a guy called Ismail Salas in his corner who was in Danny Green's corner um, for, for a, a big chunk of his career and his success. So okay. just a, a lot of sliding doors moments coming together in, in uh, what should be an extraordinary event uh, up on the Gold Coast. Uh, sliding doors, closing doors as you get out of your Uber, making your way very swiftly to the airport, mate. Always great with your time. We do appreciate it. Enjoy that fight night. Uh, appreciate the update around Michael Maguire and the New South Wales Blues. And we will speak again next week. Will do. Thanks, Jimmy.